Welcome to a Trucker's Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, K-Fings. We're back, man. Episode 303. Yes, Let's get right into it. The biggest topic of uh, probably in the in the world, damn near. Cat Williams. Yeah. This shit has been going viral since it happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, recently on Shannon Sharp's show, Club Shay Shay, uh, he interviewed Cat Williams. And on that show, a lot of topics popped up. So many. Yeah. He's like, all right, so uh, I have my guest here. Uh, Cat Williams, who needs no introduction. Um, so, Cat, how you doing, Cat? First of all, P. Diddy tried to suck my penis. Like, <laughs> God damn, this thing's already going off. <laughs> P. Diddy likes to party, so you got to tell him no. <laughs> oh, come on, Cat. Come on now. <laughs> that was pretty much to summarize what the, the, it went. And he was just exposing so many things. But here's the thing. During the course of this interview... He was saying things about people like he talked about Steve Harvey having a hairpiece. Um, he talked about, you know, certain people's stories not added up. He talked about uh, Ricky Smiley and, and how there was inconsistencies with Ricky Smiley and him getting the part in Friday and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But it, I was people on TikTok were pulling up receipts. Some mm-hmm. of this shit was adding up. Now, he, I got a lot more to expand on this. However, I don't take everything he says as truth. I think this interview was a mixture of truth, brilliance, satire, sarcasm, and mental health problems. <laughs> so that's the thing. I, I think that I'm not calling him a crazy person, but I think he's like crazy adjacent. Like there's <laughs> something there's something there, mm-hmm. but there's truth in there. It's kind of like when you hear these conversations with Kanye. Mm-hmm. Kanye, when Car- when Kanye just goes on a tangent and he's just talking, 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 um, he, he Kanye basically explained how his brain works. He said that his brain is a symphony of thoughts, mm-hmm. and I was just like, "Yeah, this nigga crazy." <laughs> <laughs> Cat Williams is just a bunch of stand up jokes. What what would be the equivalent? Oh man, probably much the same thing, like a symphony of thoughts. But I think that. Um, there's a, I, I could just, you could, you kind of get a gist of when someone's being pretty forthcoming and pretty honest. And I felt like I can feel like that he's not lying about the shit that he was saying. There's some things that were over dramatized. Like when that nigga said he ran a, a sub four one in the 40, I'm like, y'all nigga, you capping. I don't think you I, capping. <clears throat> I think like you said, I think some of that stuff was, um, hyperbole. Yeah. Um, but I think some of it was just his version <laughs> of the truth. You know, mm-hmm. it was just his 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 perspective on certain things, and you know, it's always three three sides to a story, right? You know, this the and if it's a case of whether it's you know him dealing with a, an an acting role or a comedian or a joke or whatever, I think that there's multiple sides because there was there was stories in there that he was actually, um, I'm not gonna say he was lying, but he was mm-hmm. just telling his version of the story. And yeah. there were some people like Ricky Smiley or whoever. He, he pulled up his, um, he called his freaking agent, and, and Ice Cube got on there and mm-hmm. confirmed that he actually had the role and a bunch of other stuff like that. So, I think that, um, you know, and I would also say too, it's like he's just the latest person to to speak his piece. Yeah, right. Yeah. If Steve. And it's not the thing about it, too, is he's a uh, like an elite entertainer, you know. So, of course, some of these stories were just like I don't even think people actually care about the truth. There were some people going around like pulling up jokes and, you know, showing the side by sides and stuff like that. And one of the dudes said was like, 
he was uh I think it was uh Ricky Smiley when he pulled up his his manager and stuff like that. One of the guys on Twitter was like he was like, You think we really care about this? You think we really care about the truth? It's like we just here for the entertainment. Like you're mm. wasting your time almost. And I was like, dang, that makes a lot of sense. Mm. Like, you know, the reason why this is such a excuse me, the reason why this is such a big deal is because Cat Williams, he got that voice. Yeah. You know, he got that that tone that's just very comedic. He, yeah. he speaks very well. He uses big words and it sounds really good uh rolling off his tongue. So Yeah, pause. Yeah. Um <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "So uh, uh what I see is uh you have $25,000 available to you. Uh but you you put up 20,000 for a movie. So what was it that caused that belief to have in yourself? Joe Biden tried to suck my penis. <laughs> Like, yeah. God damn. Come on, cat. Come on now. I can't I, I don't know if it's bull job. I cannot confirm or deny that. But uh, uh cat, come on now, cat. You gotta give me something to work with now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he was just saying he was saying some shit. Mm-hmm. It's just so much and, and here's another element of it. I think that people have been internet conspiracy theory people like on the internet for many years. So when Cat Williams says these things, it's affirming the belief system that a lot of people have because they're already overly obsessed with celebrities. So when you get a celebrity that is saying things about other people that's not in a positive light, people get off on it. They might as well bust a nut at that point. Mm -hmm. People love negative shit about celebrities. I don't know why. My thing is I looked at it as content and I moved on with my life. It has no bearing of what I do. It has no impact on my life and what I do. But for some reason, I think that people have such a lack of purpose in their own lives that they become obsessed with wanting to know what celebrities are doing. And I don't give a fuck. Mm -hmm. I don't care what celebrities are fucking who. I wouldn't give a fuck if Will Smith was gay. He got a new movie coming out. Fire. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, and if he was gay, maybe the movie will have a little more drama in it. I don't know. (laughs) But I don't give a fuck about any of it. Mm -hmm. I'm a consumer of art. I'm a consumer of music, whatever. But whatever y'all got going on, it doesn't matter to me. Yeah. I'm not getting I'm not getting wrapped up in it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what made this so big, too, because there's so many people in the world that, you know, are caught up in what celebrities are doing. And it's like, that's what's really driving this thing. It's not just Cat. It's all the people that are on the Internet already having these conversations. And I feel like Cat William gave him the alley-oop. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, this is what y'all been talking about for years. I'm just going to say some things and maybe... Because I'm just saying them, you guys will connect them. Yeah, this but this happens. This happens every so often. Yeah. Every so often, you'll get if it's not Cat Williams, it's Kanye West. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll get the celebrity that comes out and name drops. They say right. a few different names and they say things that you know we may have you know heard rumors <laughs> about before or mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. And and now it's like. You know, you you just have somebody on camera, visual and audio speaking candidly about, you know, their version of the story. So this this is you know, it is what it is. It's it's one of those things like it. it, I look at this as like the Kendrick Lamar control verse, you know, Mm -hmm. like when that came out, it was like I think that (laughs) verse was was really good. At the same time, I think that it got a lot of the buzz because he said 
J. Cole's name, Kendrick, I mean, uh, Wale's name, and all these different rappers' name, ASAP Rocky and stuff like that. It wasn't, it wasn't, it was a, what's the name too? Uh, uh, J. Electronica. Yeah, I, I know. He, he said like seven, eight rappers' names, but I'm just saying like that's the reason why it got so much. Um, that's why it, that verse went viral is because he was name dropping. I don't, I don't think that any of these things happen the same way unless you kind of saying people's names in, in the same way that Cat Williams did or, yeah. or Kendrick Lamar did. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, man, um, like, like we had mentioned earlier, I, and then, oh, well, Charlemagne, I guess when he had chimed in, um, he, he basically had mentioned like, you know, people on the internet, they just love to talk about who's in the Illuminati, who's doing this and that. It's just a bunch of bullshit and rumors. I guess he, this is where I feel like Charlemagne fucked up. Don't come into defense of T.D. Jakes. Let the judicial system or whatever else, let that shit prove itself. Because how many times have we came into defense of someone, right, and then they made us look stupid? I feel like you should allow whatever whatever proof or the, the, the system resolve that issue, you know, and just leave it alone. Because I remember Deion Sanders, <clears throat> Deion Sanders was supporting um, uh, Darren Sharper, uh, and he was like, you know, Darren Sharper is innocent. That's my brother. And then he found out Darren was a serial rapist. And he got on NFL Network and was like, I just, I feel so stupid. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've been used. Yeah. <clears throat> so I think it's important to kind of, sometimes you might want to withdraw your support. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not saying that TD Jakes is guilty of anything. I'm just saying I'm not willing to go out on a limb for him. Mm-hmm. And when, when, when um, I'm bringing this up because, when Cat Williams name dropped T.D. Jakes, that that also affirmed people's thoughts of what they thought about T.D. Jakes. And the court of a public opinion is not the court of law. However, when you bring up somebody's name who has already been thrown in the fire, people are going to be like, I told you he did it. Mm-hmm. Because people take things as facts when it comes from certain people. Me and Keith to say something, but it doesn't really hold too much water because we're not popular yet. But when you become a Cat Williams, you become a Kevin Hart, and you say things, people just don't even process it. They just say, oh, I knew it. It's the truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people have a really weird way of comprehending things. They tend to comprehend them differently based on person to person. So Eddie McGee said this. Oh, Eddie's just talking. But Kevin Hart said the same thing. That's facts. It's weird, but that's what people do. Yeah. That's what people do, man. People are... They have this weird obsession with what celebrities say. I think a lot of people are just walking around waiting for somebody to say how they feel or think. Right. Um, and that's like, that's the danger of like society. Yeah. Um, is, is you have a bunch of people on the internet like that already have some sort of thought, feeling, or opinion about a situation, whether it's T.D. Jakes or Kit Cedric the Entertainer or Steve Harvey. Swallowed up. Have you ever been swallowed <laughs> up? Oh God! But I, I just think like <laughs> some people may think Steve Harvey is not that funny, and yeah. when they hear somebody like Cat Williams, like Steve Harvey ain't never been funny, and then it just like oh, like oh, somebody said what I was thinking, Steve mm-hmm. Harvey. So I'm glad somebody finally said it. This mm-hmm. nigga Steve Harvey ain't never been funny. They've been harassing Kevin Hart in his comments, man. But they, but they like, but the thing too, the thing too is like. Dog wasn't nobody saying that at the time. No, the king kings of comedy. 
and I'm sure you remember this too, was the biggest thing smoking. It was fucking huge. Yeah. Like we watched, we bought the DVD. Yes. I'm watching it as a kid, kid. Yes. I don't understand none of the sexual jokes. Yes. I ain't never even seen a vagina except my mom's when I came out. But like. Mom, what's a pussy, mom? <laughs> mom, what's a pussy? Birdie Max said pussy. What's a pussy, mom? <laughs> mom, what's a backshot, mom? <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm from the bus. What does that mean? I'm from the bus. What does that mean? What's a bus, mom? What's a bus, mom? <laughs> Don't we take the bus to go to the grocery store, mom? Oh man, <laughs> that's funny. Oh, but yeah. no, that's that's the thing. So I, I'm like, dog, y'all, y'all got it's a lot of revisionist history, bro. Right. Like Kevin Hart, you know, when he came out, he was the biggest thing smoking. Like Kings of Comedy, all of them was like the elite of the elite. You know, it wasn't. I, I personally, when I seen D.L. Hughley, I, that to me was the person that I didn't necessarily gravitate to. Right. But everybody else from Steve Harvey to Cedric the Entertainer to um, and Bernie Mac, I think I was just a little too young. So a lot of yeah. his sexual jokes and a lot of his like kind of family dynamic jokes, I didn't really gravitate to. But right. outside of that, like it was a huge, huge show. Um, it was. And um, <clears throat> so. I don't know. I I hate how they, you know, they trying to act like, you know, in 2023 that, you know, um, you know, this like these dudes ain't funny or these dudes wasn't doing nothing or they couldn't get no laughs. And I would say, too, like, you know, Cat Williams tried to paint this picture that like these guys wasn't performing in front of black audiences when the kings of comedy, they was they was doing the chitlin circuits like they Mm -hmm. was doing the Alabamas and the Mississippis and a lot of these, you know, these. um if you look at the, the actual DVD, like everybody in the crowd it's is black. black. That's yeah. why you have to be able to take and leave from these interviews. You can't mm-hmm. just take everything. And I'm mm-hmm. seeing people that can't think for themselves, they will take the whole interview and say, he didn't lie once. Everything mm-hmm. was the truth. I don't think that's true. I think that uh, there's some over some over-exaggeration mm-hmm. from Cat. I think there's truth. Yeah. I think that there's all kinds of stuff. However, when you leave that thing and you just believe it all, that's dangerous. Mm-hmm. That's dangerous because truth be told, none of us really know shit. Yeah, we really don't know shit. We just have an idea, but mm-hmm. we don't. We don't really know. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think you know, like, t- and it kind of sucks that like this is kind of taken away from how talented he is. You yeah. know, he has a he has an uh, uh, Emmy award for yeah. his role on Atlanta. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? The, the alligator episode and like. When you actually, when he actually talks about acting, like it's legit. Like you know, he has some of the most iconic scenes. Whether it's um, in the Friday, uh, was it Friday after next? And then you got um, I forget the movie where he's in, where he's talking to um, Tiffany Haddish with the white baby, and like you know, he just has like iconic roles that he's played in. Um, you know, he's even on a. Um, uh, he's on some sitcom that I just seen the other day, but yeah, he's like a super talented actor, and it, it kind of sucks that like you know uh, him just kind of bad mouthing everybody is kind of like taken away from how talented he actually is. Um, but I think what I will say is everybody has their run, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I personally haven't like ran to a Cat Williams stand up special in in a while, like not like eager eager to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of his older stuff, like the Pimp Chronicles and all that stuff, is like yeah. classic material. Yeah. Um, but everybody—that's that's for same thing for everybody. You know what I mean? Everybody has that that one or two specials where 
Same thing with Kevin Hart. Same thing with um, Cedric the Entertainer. Same yeah. thing with Steve Harvey. Like a lot of these guys have those classic sets or classic uh, specials that that we watch yeah. or we like to. Even Martin, same thing. And it just kind of you know they get a little bit older. The perspective changes. You know they're not they're not quite as hungry. They've done like five, six different movies, box office successful movies, and they're just in he, a different space. He's coming to Bakersfield soon. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna that. fucking hop in his DM and just say and just shoot my shot. Like, hey man, <laughs> podcasters, we'd love to talk to you yeah. before your show. You he never might, know. I've he heard might. some. I've heard some very um, uh, uh, some really crazy stories about Cat. People are yeah. coming out saying, uh, you know, Cat gave me twenty thousand dollars. You know, Cat yeah. gave me ten thousand dollars because you know you knew I wasn't doing good or whatever. That's and, that's the part in the interview where you have to say like. The ducks all aligned because he was like, I, he said that. In the I do things, like, but I don't talk about it. Yeah, he said I would much rather give a, a woman a thousand dollars to go give to a comedian, and then ten thousand. Well, he said it that. Well, I don't know about that, but mm-hmm. basically, um, Dion Cole came out and said that a woman came up and gave him a thousand dollars. Yeah, there was comedians that came out that said that women were approaching him with money and they didn't know where <clears> it was coming from. Yeah, right. But then they all put it together. They knew it was cat. Yeah. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing, man. I, yeah. I think what I love about that, what I absolutely love about that, as a person that grew up poor myself, um, and and I feel like when the Lord blesses me, whenever that is, with an abundance, I want to give to people. Mm-hmm. And I want to give to people, especially those that are working on themselves. Because mm-hmm. I know how hard it is to not have a lot or to be in a position of struggle. You know what I'm saying? Or to be even to be at a job that you particularly may not be too fond of, whatever the case. I feel like I feel like God has put it on my heart that when I come across this amount of money, I'm going to serve people because I feel like service to others is my ultimate um, my ultimate goal, you know. And I think that's a beautiful thing to hear Kat giving people money. And it's not just giving them money. It's like giving them, like, giving somebody money during a time where they're stressed out. It's like, it's like giving them peace. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes money is peace. Mm-hmm. If a person, if you ever, if you have never, if you've ever been, like, three months behind on some bills or something, and you come across money to pay it, like, the amount of stress that's lifted off your shoulders is crazy. Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of, a lot of times, I'm sure those things were pretty timely. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it came at a point where, one, you you got a little bit of change. And then, two, you realize, like, oh, somebody that's at the top of their game mm-hmm. is, like, basically giving me a shout-out. Like, yo, keep yep. kind of like a nudge, like, keep going kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That, 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 that's dope. That's like, you know, the same thing for us. If we say we have some, <clears throat> I don't know if they have, like, they don't have the equivalent of this, but, like, some type of podcast open mic night. Oh, and amazing. after we go on, it's like Joe Button or Charlemagne or whoever, Joe Rogan or whoever. And then, um, you know, we mysteriously get, you know, like a, a, a care package or something like that. And we're like, yo, what the heck is this? And then mm-hmm. we find out it's from one of them. You know, that'd be like, yo, I'm glad we didn't stop two, three years ago. Or I'm glad we didn't stop when it got hard. Or I'm glad we didn't stop when we was only getting like 10 views on each episode. So. That's your that's your confirmation to keep going. Yeah, hundred percent, man. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I think uh, I think there's there's the only thing I really took away from this was oh, this is another one. This is a major one. Whoever you are, don't ever do anything underhanded 
to get you to a spot. Because I don't think anyone is all good or bad. I think that there are elements of bad to a lot of people. Um, but what happens is this. if you're, if, Let's say you're a comedian or whatever the case, and you're coming up, and then there's another guy coming up behind you, and you kind of blackball that person. You say something bad about them in order to take attention away from them. And nobody finds out that you did it, but somebody knows. Mm-hmm. You never get away with things. Some, somebody's always watching you. And then 15 years goes by. 20 years go by. Nobody says anything, but you didn't realize that Cat Williams was right there watching you the whole motherfucking time. Mm-hmm. Right? And you might be this big Steve Harvey guy that, you know, that has sold books, think like a man, and all of this, right? But, dog, you cannot do things in the dark and think somebody wasn't seeing you do it. You need to live an integrity-based life because at the end of the day, a person like Cat Williams should never be be able to come out and say something about you. They should not be able to pop up however long and say, hey, he stole these jokes. And then when people go out, they find out that you really stole the jokes. Mm-hmm. They're pulling up receipts on TikToks of this nigga stealing jokes. Him and um, Seventh Entertainer. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't take too much away from them, in my opinion. But that is a cardinal sin in comedy. You don't steal jokes. You don't do that. And I think the reason why some comedians got away with that shit is because there wasn't no internet back then. So they was like, oh, I'm going to steal this nigga's joke. And all yeah. of a sudden, 30 years later, your ass got popped because now everybody got phones and everyone could do their own research. I wouldn't even say that. I wouldn't even say it's an internet thing because the, there's visual evidence that we can go back and see it, right? Yeah. What's happening now is that people are just like piecing it together. But 100%. at the same time, if you watch Comic View... And then you watch, uh, you know, Cedric Thander, if you watch the Kings of Comedy, you would have you would have connected the dots. All they're doing now is just put making it more accessible. But I think people don't I don't think people care. I don't think that I don't think if Cedric I personally think Cedric the Entertainer is one of my favorite comedians. And I also don't think that like as a comedian, like it's OK to steal jokes. I think Absolutely that's part not. of that's part of what we're going to see we're going to see like where your brain works but then you realize like a lot of these comedians got writers you know and then a lot of these Mm. comedians ain't writing their own jokes and you Mm. know it's some people have teams of writers some i've heard of uh you know guys locally telling me like yeah i gave him such and such jokes or you know i punched up a couple jokes for him or you know like um I'm talking to one of my guys on the phone, and he was like, uh, I had a joke about, um, it was about T.D. Jakes, and I couldn't say it because, you know, I'm in a certain position, I got a certain brand, but I gave it to this person, and they said it on their platform, and it was going crazy. So I I see this all the time. I think it's all, it's all smoke and mirrors anyways. I think it's the same thing with, like, hearing about Drake having a ghostwriter. You know what I mean? Mm. It's like, at the end of the day, you can say whatever you want to about Drake, but he still he still can rap. He still has more hit records than anybody, and um, he only got bigger after the whole mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Quentin Miller writing allegations or whatever. So yeah, I just think the thing that's fucked up though <clears throat> is when you're a person that your your star is kind of big, and then there's an up and coming comic that's just doing a lot of open mics and he's hilarious, mm-hmm. and you steal his joke because no one knows who he is yet. And then years later, he's like, hey, man, that guy stole my joke. But no one hears him because he does not have the popularity as the big comedian. Mm -hmm. So it just kind of gets washed out. And then years and years go by, and then people finally pull that footage out. Even though the footage has been there, um, it's not always just rampant the way it it would be now because the Internet's out. 
you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's fucked up. Mm-hmm. I, I will say this. I, I can't confirm or deny everything that Cat Williams said, but you need to live a life of integrity, man. Mm-hmm. Like, don't steal from people. Don't steal their jokes. Uh, don't try to dim somebody's light in a way like, yeah, him, man. Don't work with him, man. He not that funny, man. You shouldn't get him on there. Don't do shit like that. Dude, that shit will always come back. Yeah. It will always come back. Somebody mm-hmm. else making it. Somebody else making it in the same field that you're making it in is not going to dim your light if you're good. If you're good and you are dedicated to your craft, don't worry about it. I, w- I would say, too, though, like, um, like, Cat, well, for Cat Williams, that's his story. Like, mm-hmm. he, he was saying that, you know, he, he did a joke, said, came and pounded him up, like, yo, good job. And then the next thing you know, he's seeing it on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, like I said, sometimes if, Say you are, you know, some of these comedians, like they say Kevin Hart has writers, like the the guys, the plastic cut boys around him is, mm-hmm. you know, giving him jokes and stuff like that. You know, I think part of that, too, might just be like the people around you. Like you, you so you so out of the loop that somebody like, yo, I got this joke. It's funny. And then it's actually, you know, this said writer, you know, giving you these these stolen jokes. So, you know, I don't know. I will say, too, that I've seen firsthand like um i've been to a comedy show where i've seen someone steal a joke and they're saying it the same exact way and it's it's um it's kind of like it's kind of sad to be honest even like dog it's it's i don't know how to explain it's just like it's the same thing with us like if we are podcasters and we can't come up with original thoughts or original takes. Like, why are we even? Why are we even on the microphone? Yeah, you're just oversaturating the platform at that point. Yeah, you you're just, just two guys that are just regurgitating, rep- regurgitating the same shit you see on here. Yeah, that's what if the people that listen to this podcast, that's why they stay glued in. Because mm-hmm. usually the perspective and, and the opinions are different. Mm-hmm. You try to find, try to read between all the lines and come up with your own thoughts. Thinking for yourself is a superpower when you're a podcaster. Because there's some podcasts that's hard to sit through because they sound like every other motherfucker on every microphone everywhere. It's annoying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I could imagine Cat Williams when he comes to Bakersfield and he'd be like, what's going on, Bakersfield? There's some thick Mexicans in here tonight. <laughs> Times is different now. These Mexican women is thick up in here. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be crazy. I remember the last time I came to Bakersfield. Harvey Weinstein tried to rape me. <laughs> like, damn, this nigga doing this shit again. Buck Owens tried to suck my penis. <laughs> Buck Owens. <laughs> 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 Harvey Hall tried to put me in his ambulance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> the Bakersfield Police Department tried to hit me from the back. <laughs> I said, I ain't never coming to this motherfucker again. <laughs> but here I am, y'all. Y'all ready to have some fun? <laughs> oh, that's a trip, man. I don't know whose voice is funnier, Shannon's or fucking Cat uh, 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 Williams. <laughs> yeah. Shannon be like, uh, but I'm Shannon Sharp, the owner and sole proprietor of Club Shay Shay. And tonight, our, our very well-known guest is 
He needs no introduction. No, he be doing them long ass introductions. You see it? Mm-hmm. He like he a Grammy Award winner. Uh, he came in on on a, on a horse tonight. Uh, <laughs> he went over. He used to play there with the Philadelphia Eagles back in nineteen eighty seven. He uh, formerly known as one of the best pitchers in the NFL and the MLB and and uh, uh, give it up for Cat Williams, y'all. <laughs> and legend has it that he he ran a four one back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> Legend has it that uh, uh, he ran in the hen house. Uh, uh, like my grandmama always said, uh, you never get here faster than you get here slow. <laughs> he always has these weird country idioms. <laughs> yeah. He was like, Man, my grandmama always said, if you hit her from the back, she ain't give you no slack. Yeah. He's like, what the fuck did you just say, Shannon Sharp? <laughs> Oh man! I remember when it was hilarious when he switched from Fox and he went to ESPN mm-hmm. and he kept fucking up saying Skip. Oh, he kept calling Stephen A. Skip. Oh, I'm like, skip, man, Skip. Like that nigga CTE was flaring up like a motherfucker. He's like, and what I understand about the Philadelphia Eagles against the 49ers. Okay, Skip. Uh, oh no, I didn't mean to say Skip. Oh, oh, God, dog. I got, I got, I got to stop doing that now. <laughs> He did it like a few times. Yeah, he did it a few times. And then they had to tell him, like, it's okay. You know, it's it was, he was there for like seven years or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was there a while. He's like, oh, God, dog, I can't I can't say that now. Nah. <laughs> I will say that I'm I'm happy for, for Shannon, though. 100%. Like, his post-NFL career is Wild. one for the record books. Because oh, yeah. a lot of these guys, I would say, like, who was, like, maybe – I don't want to make it like a top five, top five, but just like five names that has had like great post sports mm-hmm. careers. I would say Shannon is probably the latest one because mm-hmm. um, he had. I don't think he's been he's he hasn't been at the forefront as long as some of the other guys, mm-hmm. but definitely Shaq. You know what those oh, guys man. are doing on Crazy. TNT. I would kind of cup uh, put them all together. Um, oh yeah, um, uh, Sha- Shaq, Charles Barkley, um, and Kenny Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, I would throw them all together. Oh yeah, and then um, definitely got to throw Shannon in there. Um, some there's some other guys, but those those four are the ones. I, I like what Pat McAfee is doing. Oh yeah, um, he's definitely doing his thing. Um, he's probably more famous now than he was as a football player. Maybe? Pat, yeah, Pat was a fucking hella hella hell of a punter. Yeah, but I just think now, as far as his face and name and stuff oh, yeah, like that, course. you know, and being a punter, you don't get that much. No, you know, you don't get that much notoriety. But yeah, he's doing his thing. So yeah, yeah it's, it's some guys that have definitely taken on their post sports careers and and, and taking it to the next Absolutely. level. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Pat was a fucking dog, man, and he had some times where he he uh, he he blew somebody up from the freaking. Denver, uh, Denver uh, Broncos. Mm-hmm. They was about to get a return, and he smacked them. Boom! Mm-hmm. And he got a lot of respect from fans after that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, man, it was just a hell of a conversation. If you guys get a chance, check it out. I, I think <laughs> I think it's an interesting conversation. I think everybody them. in the world has seen it. It's that, that like thirty some million um, views. I remember the night of. It was like fifteen hours. It was already in like five, six million. Yeah, views I think. Uh, yeah, I think it was like uh, within twenty three hours. He had a. Uh, it was well over thirteen plus million. I think it's it's super yeah. crazy. Yeah, I remember um, just looking at the comments. And normally, I would I would love to see the analytics on that because um, normally, you know, like people are people are just talking about like the trendy thing. Right. And he came out the gate fire, and the first twenty minutes is like really all you needed to hear if you wanted to like you know know what the interview is about. Mm-hmm. But there was people in the comments like, "Yo, it's three a.m." 
in New York right now and I'm up watching this. I got to go to work in an hour or something mm-hmm. and I'm up watching this whole interview. I watch every minute of this interview. Like this is the interview of the year. It's only January, blah, blah, blah. So mm-hmm. that's, um, that's, that's crazy. Somebody said, I seen this on Twitter. Somebody was like, um, you know, it's great that Shannon Sharp, you know, his interviews has over 30 million views and all this other stuff. And the dude was like, um, if he was better set up, you know, if he had his business set up properly, he could have put that interview behind a paywall. And I was like, Shut you can't up. really quantify that. You get because you don't know how big it's going to be. Yeah. So you must not create content. <clears throat> and I'm like, you don't who if it's behind a paywall, you have to go pay to see it. Like, who's going to go? Like, it won't have the same virality to no, it because no. it's. It's, you know, everybody can access it. And I'm sure 30 million views with that two two hours and 40-something minutes. And what I've seen in the comments, it looked like the retention rate is probably crazy, like 80%. But but you got to understand, the content within that podcast or within that interview is what made it go viral, not who was on there. If you just have Cat Williams, you're not going to go viral. Yeah, you might you're gonna get some views for sure, but what was said made it go viral. Yeah. So you can't just put it behind a paywall. You can't quantify that, like you said. Now it's different. If you got Donald Trump on, put it behind a paywall because you know that's you that's know that's going gonna crazy. go crazy. You got Barack on, put it behind a paywall. You got Colin Kaepernick, put it behind a paywall. But but even then though, like how do you know how so thirty mil thirty million views on a video of that length? versus like putting it behind a paywall like how do you know how would you know like which one would be more valuable you know what i mean like i like for example what joe budden did when when drake um wrote all that stuff in the comments or whatever he went straight to the paywall he went to the paywall but at the same time knowing and i you know we don't have the same Mm -hmm. pay structure or the Mm -hmm. you know pay setup so i can't really I can't really say yay or nay or what what would be more valuable, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying thirty million is wild. That's not you not. That's a lot of people not getting thirty million in five, six, seven, eight years. You know, he yeah. getting thirty million in a, in a day. And I would say too for his brand, you know, for his alcohol, you know, um, even in there, he like you know, Cat Williams is like, yo, this is the smoothest alcohol. Mm-hmm. I mean, the smoothest cognac. It go down smooth. It don't got the bad lingering taste in your mouth and all mm-hmm. that other stuff that caused a lot of curiosity about the product for sure so that people like marketing. yo yeah people like yo this better than hennessy like let me see what this is about mm-hmm. so you got 30 million views and your yo cognac is sitting right there on that table like i could get a smooth i could get a smoother drink to help kill myself let me get this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i would love to kill myself i love some smoother poison <laughs> <laughs> if i'm gonna take some poison it better be smooth yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. What I've done is uh, this. This has been distilled uh, about three or four times. Uh, this is a very smooth, uh, mild drink. Uh. <laughs> this is my grandmother's recipe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I perfected this when I played for the Denver Broncos. I went for a twenty yard catch, and my grandmama said, "If you ain't got no alcohol in you, you ain't getting none on you." <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs> grandmama always said if you eat no barbecue then use a the food <laughs> from that moment forward I knew that I needed to take care of my grandmama <laughs> Shannon always has some story about some some like it's like some country shit yeah that's hilarious uh, but it be some, he be saying some wild shit mm. he said uh, he said 
because uh, uh, Chad was like, I've been thinking, man, you and Halle Berry, man. He's like, oh, no, man, she ain't ready for me, man. <laughs> she ain't ready for me, man. Come on, dog. She ain't ready for me, man. <laughs> He's like, I'll be on her. He's like, you be on her like what, uh? He's like, I'll be on her like Section 8. <laughs> He's like, Section 8? He's like, uh-huh. I'll be deep off in that thing. I'll get deep off in that thing. He be talking reckless when he, he got on re- ESPN. I'll be like, damn, Shannon, it's wild. Yeah. Yeah. He said something about us uh, making a stallion too. Yeah, what did he say? I have her spread out like three something. Something he said. Yeah, he has something crazy. I'm like, yeah. oh, bro. <laughs> if he's like that now, just imagine Shannon when he was young. Yeah, he probably when was he going, was playing. He was playing. Yeah, he probably was going crazy. He's saying some wild. She's like, girl, you better back up. If I have you spread out on spread eagle. <laughs> I have you spread out eagle like that. <laughs> I have your legs wide open like LeBron James, girl. You gotta stop messing with me. Girl, your legs wide open like Jerry Rice back in the day. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, grandmama always told me you spread her legs open, you spread a heart open. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. He's like, you better leave me alone for she be up here in Club Say Say with no clothes on. Better leave me alone. <laughs> you know how you do that little laugh? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, better leave me alone now. Yeah. That was funny. Shout out Shannon Sharp, man. They, uh, Thanksgiving, uh, he was talking about food, and he's like, I'm a country boy. You know, I love me some good old spare ribs and a little bit of little bit of chillins, you know, a little bit of that. Come on now. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, shout That'd out. Be to dope to, that would be dope to either have him on our podcast or uh, do like a club Shay Shay thing. A hundred percent. I would do an impression of him right <laughs> in his face too. <laughs> but somebody else is doing a Shannon Sharp impersonation, and he had them on, mm. and he's like, I, "I remember I seen you on the internet. You was like making an impression of me, and I was like, why they keep fucking with me? <laughs> like I don't bother nobody. You gotta be making impressions of me while I'm doing the show." I'm like, man, why does brother keep fucking with me, man? <laughs> he sounds like he could be E40's uncle from the South. Dang. Because like if you kind of if you kind of pitch it down a little bit, it's yeah. like E40 on the wet light. Hey, what's going on, man? How y'all doing out here, man? Oh, this is my nephew over here. This is my nephew. Uh 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 they call it E40. That's funny. Yeah, I seen somebody cracking a joke. It was some E forty impersonator that was just real fat, and it's like, oh, this nigga E fifty. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, let's move on. Switching gears. Um, the latest, uh, da, 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 da. Starbucks latest Stanley Cup collaboration causes mayhem at Target. So if you guys aren't familiar, there's these damn Stanley Cups, and they cost like fifty bucks, and people are buying them. Like they're really, really buying these things. And it's just embarrassing what grown-ass adults will do over something this tedious. And we've seen it a lot. We've seen it. And this is before, like, you know, the influx of the internet. Like, in 97, Tickle Me Elmo went fucking nuts. There was grown adults fighting over it for Christmas and whatnot. It was wild. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there was another one. Uh, I mean, well, recent history, we've seen a Popeye's chicken sandwich go crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, pre-pandemic, before the pandemic popped off, we was out here fighting for... You know, uh, fucking uh, Popeye's chicken sandwiches. Somebody got shot, and then somebody got robbed too. Mm-hmm. And then this is just <clears throat> who people are. This is why I feel like 
law and order is <laughs> law and order is necessary because we can't police ourselves. People are too they're idiots. Law if and order had, SVU. No, we can't police ourselves. If and the thing about it is, if we had to, it'd be just people dying over crazy shit. Like you ate my McDouble, you have to die now. It's like what? Yeah. You killing me over McDonald's cheeseburger? You crazy mm. motherfucker? <laughs> but um, and then even during the pandemic with the fucking toilet paper. Yeah. That was insane. Like, how much do you need to wipe your ass? Yeah, people was fighting, stealing, like having like closet fulls of toilet paper. Man, during the pandemic, I was just trying to get some regular food one time, and this was at the very beginning. This lady had like, she had like, uh, fuck. Like ten tubs of nacho cheese, mm-hmm. like fucking industrial sized cans of jalapeno nacho cheese, and I was like, That's not "Oh, yeah, you having a nacho cheese party?" She's like, "I'm getting what I can for my family." I'm like, "Y'all gonna eh. eat? Y'all about to eat nachos for fucking four months? What the nah, fuck are you, you can't doing?" Eat nachos every day. You I'm like, "Lady, you, yeah. you, y'all hope you got enough toilet paper <laughs> to wipe your ass because that's uh, yeah." That's a wild thing to say. I, I mean, I get if that was like the only thing in the store, but right. even then, that's just like that's. That's too much. That's too much, dude. You're yeah. losing your fucking mind. Yeah. That's you can't insane. you can't feed yourself for three months on something that doesn't expire till 2026. That's yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah. But I, you know, to to everyone's defense, I don't think people understood um what we were dealing with and how long it would last because we had never been through a pandemic in 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 American history since the Spanish flu. And it was that was in 1918, I believe. But, but the thing is, like, why are we eating more food? I don't like because why would a pandemic cause us to eat more food? Because it's self-preservation, Keith. People, that's the number one thing. Whenever something happens, they're, they're not worried about your neighbor, <laughs> or about your family, or, or, or not not your family, but they're not worried about your neighbor or whatever. Yeah. It's about self-preservation. So I need to get as much nacho cheese as I can get from my family. Yeah, it's like that leave the world behind movie. There you go. We've already we've already witnessed this in small in small amounts. We've had We've had like legitimate examples of what the world would look like mm-hmm. when we have, you know, um, a pandemic or some cataclysmic event mm-hmm. or the potential of a cataclysmic event would happen. If we knew, here's the thing. If if we I don't if, if something was to happen to the world, I don't think we should be told that it was gonna happen. I really don't. Because I think it would be straight fire and brimstone, man. Mm-hmm. Like if if, if mm-hmm. you tell people that there's a huge asteroid. Or whatever, uh, a huge meteor, whatever one is the biggest, is the meteor, correct? Mm-hmm. That a meteor is going to hit the earth and it's going to wipe us all out. It would be people out here doing some wild shit. Yeah. Like your last moments, is you going to be, man, somebody going to be stabbing you for no reason or it would, yeah. be, it would be like the purge, literally. Mm-hmm. People would have no reason to feel they needed to be decent anymore. Mm-hmm. But here, let me get back to the main. I'm straying off too far. Starbucks' uh, latest Stanley Cup collaboration causes mayhem at Target. Uh, customers hoping to score the latest Starbucks Stanley quencher uh, documented long lines, campouts, and fights at the local. They camped out for this shit like it was a fucking PS5, man. <laughs> That's insane. Um, I, not PS5. I would say like PS1 is when people camped out because now they don't do that. Everything's online and shit. Mm-hmm. But anyways, uh an insulated tumbler with a cult-like following is causing chaos at a department store chain with an even bigger cult-like following. On January 3rd, Stanley and the company uh, behind the viral, unbreakable 40-ounce 
double wall vacuum insulated tumblers uh, released a collaboration with Starbucks and a winter pink hue sold exclusively at Target stores and it caused long lines, overnight campouts and mayhem in stores. Okay, look here, man. This is a regular fucking cup. But here's the problem with Americans is we love status symbols. We love to pay for Mercedes Benzes when we can't afford the fucking car <laughs> payment or the gas. We love to buy a huge expensive house that we don't we can't even fucking afford. We we love to do we love to buy these huge cars that we could barely afford to fucking pay for the insurance and shit. Like all kinds of dumb shit. Because we love status symbols. Mm -hmm. When you live in America, you don't have to be doing good. All you gotta do is look good. We care too much about how things look. So we want that social cachet. Way too much. Why do you need a cup that everybody's got? Like, you think about it, too, with Jordans. I think that, I think that the, the most comparable thing to this cup is Jordans. Because when you see a bunch of people with the same Jordans, it's not that special. Mm -hmm. Just the fact that you own them, it's like, hey, I'm wearing Jordans. Mm -hmm. it's, like, it's like a status symbol amongst the shoe community. Like, I got the Jordan 3s. or the, I don't even know which number is what. I've never been into Jordans like that. I've had one pair of Jordans my whole life. Mm -hmm. You know? But... Man, I don't I don't know. Oh, and people died over Jordans. People got robbed and they died over Jordans. This is a extremely marked up fucking item. What is it marked up? Like 350% or some crazy shit? Um, probably more than that. Yeah, it's probably Jordans like Jordans are expensive. Yeah, Jordans are marked up like fucking four, five hundred percent than what it costs to make it. It might have cost to make that shoe, it might have cost four fucking dollars to make a Jordan at the most. Mm -hmm. That's just over $275 for one pair, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the thing that's crazy is we're fighting and dying over items that it took nothing to create. This is the dark side of capitalism. I think capitalism is great, but once you motherfuckers start dying and getting robbed and beat up, you got a problem, okay? Mm -hmm. You got a problem at that point. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think you get to see, if you're, <clears throat> if you're dealing with a young lady, right, and she's like at Target fighting people, I'm breaking up with her. <laughs> off the top if i know that you fought somebody over a cup i don't you're, you're a bad example i don't want you around my fucking kids if, i can't have a I, there's no way i can have a daughter right and then her mom is fighting in target over a cup mm -hmm. oh no not at all mm -hmm. i'm taking my kids we're out of here yeah or we, we probably wouldn't make it to the point we have kids if i could see those behaviors in, think about this keith think about it like seriously let's say you're a single man you meet a girl she seems decent and then you see her on the news fighting somebody over cups. What what's gonna be your next move? Um, it's over. Yeah, yeah. I'm leaving you because uh, what's gonna happen? One one day a new item's gonna come out and you're gonna stab me. Like what the fuck? That's embarrassing. Very embarrassing. Your yeah. your your girlfriend or your wife is, and if if she's made it to where she's your wife, that's in more. That's even more embarrassing. Yeah, I think if like for a wife, um, a fight is you know you shouldn't. There's only like there's not really too many scenarios where you should fight as an adult. A hundred percent. Um, but you know, if, if you're fighting over a cup, I'm just like, what am I? What am I doing here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's insane. I, I, but I think we've seen different. Uh, I guess different iterations of this. I guess, like I've mentioned before, um, tickle me Elmo. Mm -hmm. That one was bad, and I, I, I have it. I have that memory. So. I, I hold on, hold on. We look this up right now. Hold on, hold on. Tickle me Elmo. All right, tickle me Elmo 
is a childhood plush toy from Tyco Preschool. Uh, okay, we'll squeeze. Okay, forget about that. It came out. Here it goes. The toy was first produced in the United States in 96 and slowly became a fad, reached its apex during the 1996 Christmas shopping season with some instances of violence reported over the limited apply, limited available supply. People reported that the toy, which retailed for $28.99 according to its MSRP, was being mm-hmm. resold by scalpers and newspapers on the internet for up to $1,500 in 1996. What did I tell you? That's why I'm glad I'm old. Because I can remember this shit. But it's crazy that this shit has been happening in human history for quite some time. Yeah. With certain items. Like, even during Prohibition in 33, when alcohol was illegal, we still found ways to uh, create it, distill it, whatever, and sell it for marked up prices. Mm-hmm. We're just, I mean, we're just insanely evil people in this world, Keith. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing, you know, the um with the cup <clears throat> when you really look at it, um the Stanley Cup is it's actually a decently um designed product. Like if you were um I I I know a couple of people that have got it for like Christmas and stuff like that. But if you were somebody that works in an office and you want to mm-hmm. stay hydrated, you know what I mean? I have my water bottle and it's not necessarily like this is more like um on the go, right? But if you're a person that you you work in, I'm trying to promote your cup on here. It's Stanley on mine's nigga. <laughs> Put that cup down. Fool. I'm. But playing. if you work in like you work in a cubicle, right? This is this is a little too much to be opening your thing and like you know knocking it, uh, throwing it back like that. Like if you just have your uh, your cup, you got the straw, and you can drink out of it. You can put your tea in there, whatever mm-hmm. you have. You you know it's just it's just more accessible, right? Um, but What's really going on is there's this there's this um, this uh, like a rejuvenation or revitalization of this mm-hmm. this cup this cup that's been around for a very long time, and um, it's not necessarily like the product. You know, I, I would always I think I would be more understanding of these scenarios if it was like a great product. But mm-hmm. anytime this happens, it's just. It's just the uh, it's it's the fad. It's the it's the brand that we're fighting over. It's not the mm-hmm. actual product. This product, a Stanley Cup, is not life changing. You know, it may it may make your life easier, but there's also like the knockoff brand that does just the same. It might not be. It might not keep your drink as cold or something like that. But it in in for the most part, it's the same product, and it's probably a lot cheaper. There's mm-hmm. probably a Target brand that people ran right by to go get the Stanley Cup and mm-hmm. fight over the Stanley Cup. So. My thing is like, um, I just, I just wish we had more of an awareness that we are being controlled by a brand. We're being controlled by a Jordan symbol. Mm-hmm. We're being in controlled by a Starbucks symbol. We're being controlled by an In and Out symbol. The fucked you know. the nasty fries, worst fries in America. Yeah, and I don't know if people like them or not. Be, you know, it's it's hard to say. It's just like yeah. I don't know if people actually like these Stanley Cups, or are they just like thank you following the TikTok trends thank you. or something That's like that. That's what it is. The highest yeah. level of marketing is brainwashing. I would say though, Jordans is fire. Like for me personally, that above anything, snigger brainwash. <clears throat> <laughs> Like looking at the Stanley Cup, I'm like, ooh, that's cool. Mm. But when you see some Jordans, I seen some Jordans in a grocery store the, the other day. I was like, yo, those is fire. Like they just some, it's just some very clean shoes. But yeah, not to say that they're worth 
500, no. 600, you know, 1500 sometime, depending no. on the rarity of the shoe. But um, that's the only thing that I would say. Like, mine, if they took the logo off of them, some of those shoes would still look amazing. The only pair of Jordans I had to me were probably the best ones. That was uh, the ones he wore in Space Jam. What number was that? Um, tens. Was it the tens? I think so, yeah. They had, like, you know, the, the black uh, uh, around the yeah. black suede. Mm hmm. Okay, now I had the original. The original ones had these little flakes in them. <clears throat> I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. You know how suede is just black. Mm -hmm. Mine's had these little, like almost like little flakes that mm -hmm. were into the into the like the leather, not mm -hmm. the leather, but the the suede part. Mm -hmm. And um, when I was just Jordans were such a big deal to me. You talking is, about the patent leather ones? No, they're not patent leather. The ones. The the Jordans they call them Space Jam Jordans. Those are the ones that he wore. The patent leather ones is the one he wore in Space Jam. Go ahead and pull them up, man. Because I like I told you, I'm not. I don't know the, the number. The number like that. Or eleven? Is it eleven? I mean, you asking the wrong guy, man. Yeah, my bad. Not tens. They're elevens. Let me see. What you talking about? These ones? No, no. Those are those are the later ones. The ones before that. I'm not sure which one you're talking about. There. Yeah, I don't know which one I'm talking about. You might have to get one of the, the nine. Are you talking about the nines? I mean, maybe if you show me a picture. Yes. Yeah, those uh, are nine the ones nine. on the right side. The ones on the right. Yeah. The with the white with the that. Yeah, yeah. Those are the ones I had. <laughs> and the original ones, the original nines, they had that black suede on it like that, but <laughs> they had like these uh, not flakes, but like these little. It almost looked like. Um, uh, almost like little sparklets within that suede. Mm -hmm. That's how mm -hmm. they came out in 95 when I had them. Mm -hmm. And uh, everybody at the schoolyard just stopped like, oh, he's wearing Jordans. Yeah. Like, whoa. And I was getting so much attention for my shoes and shit. And, and the reason why I bring that up, Keith, is because I think people don't, they don't outgrow that feeling. Yeah. I think that people, when they show up to work, mainly women, when they show up to work with their Stanley Cups, like, oh, my God, babe, you got one. Look, she got the cup. Yeah, it's, it's the, just like. The attention element of it. That's crazy. I, I, it, I can't really speak to that because, like, you know, I can't relate, like, wearing a shoe to, like, just like walking around with a Stanley I, Cup. I, I, that's not but, what I'm saying, though. I no, think, no, I'm not, I'm not talking about you. I'm just right. saying, like, you know. People do feel that way. People have that the right. same feeling when I'm like, oh, I got the Jordan tens, mm -hmm. or I got the, um, I got some ones, or I got some, uh, I got some fours, or whatever. Like you right. know, the same feeling that I have. Mm -hmm. Somebody has that same feeling about a cup that mm -hmm. they carry around every day. I'm just saying, but, like, I don't, I can't understand it. But, but we all can relate because when you're a little kid <clears throat> and you're wearing an exclusive item such as Jordans and you show up to school and all the kids are like, oh, Keith got the Jordans on. Like whenever. No, nah, I went to school with haters. Niggas would try to like step on your shoes. Really? Yeah. You know, niggas, especially when you go to certain schools, they not really trying to like big you up. I had my Jordans in the mid '90s, so it was a little bit different. Kids wasn't as evil yet, I guess. <laughs> but, but back then, you show up at the, you know, and I used to always play uh, at during recess, play basketball. Yeah. And like when you're a little kid, all these thoughts go through your head, like I could run faster or jump higher yeah. type shit, because yeah. you know you got Jordan shoes on. And uh, yeah, man, it's like when kids are noticing you for having a pair of Jordans on, it just kind of feels good. I'm not gonna lie, like you, you could, like if you. Peel back and go back to that nostalgic moment. You're like, wow, it felt good when the kids noticed me for having these shoes on. But I don't think people outgrow that. And here's what I mean. Mm -hmm. 
people don't only do that with Jordans or Stanley Cups. They do that with Dodge Chargers. You know, (laughs) they think that when they think when they go down the street, they want to get the attention of some woman somewhere. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like I got a three ninety two. You know, I mean, or whatever. Yeah. Oh, I got a Hellcat, and when when somebody notices it, it makes them feel good for them having it. And it's not always because they wanted it or was their favorite car. There's sometimes there's an attention element, and um, yeah, they're just a they're just a consumer. Yeah, that that sucks. I I think that you know we should um like things in a vacuum. Like yeah. if that if that's if that makes sense. Like yeah. I think that you know um every time we make a decision, it should be like okay, there's an, I'm the only person in the world, and I'm the only person in this store. Like, what do I genuinely like? Not trying to impress nobody. Not trying to keep up with the Joneses, and not trying to. Um, floss on Instagram, but what do I what do I genuinely like? In I think our life would be much simpler, and I think too, <clears throat> I know for a fact we would make a lot um, different decisions. Cause I seen uh, I was leaving church today, and one of my guys he was uh, he was driving a, a Kia Sportage, and it's a pretty it's a decent size like a larger sedan. It has the um, it was like a gray outer uh the car the car color was gray and then the seats was like a lead like a red leather and i was like if you if you take out the logos if you just seen that car from you know a block away you would be like yo that car is clean like what kind of car is that but the thing is when you walk up on it it's a kia sportage you know so it's just kind of like it has that you know it just doesn't have the same ring as like a bmw or a lexus or something like that but i think if there was a lineup, there was no logos, there's just you and there's a, you know, a car salesman and you just walking down a lot and you don't have no recollection of what women like and no recollection of what was in the Fast and Furious and all this other stuff. Like, I think that people would probably gravitate to different things than they than they actually buy. Like, I, I think the Challenger would be probably a little less popular because, you know, a lot of people like that. They like the growl of the engine, and like you said, they like to peel off at the club mm-hmm. and you know the grab the engine and all that kind of stuff. But. Uh, a Dodge Charger is a BBL for a man these days. <coughs> yeah, if you get if you got that Dodge, you got a Hellcat or something. That's like a ma- that's a male BBL. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would say like, uh, what's another car that's like popular amongst like I guess like the fuckboy car, <laughs> the Dodge Challengers. Challenger, the yeah. Challenger and the freaking Charger, those two. Yeah, Challenger and a Charger. Is yeah. That, yeah, I don't know. I think the Challenger is more like lip injections, and then the uh, the the Charger is like the BBL. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then the the the, the Hellcat is like uh, it's the uh, probably like a tummy tuck and some t- <laughs> and some nips. the whole the whole shebang. It's the whole the thing. Mommy the makeover. mommy makeover. Yeah, yeah, the mommy makeover is the Hellcat. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I would say when the Challenger first came out, it it looked really like the the souped up one, like oh, the. Yeah. Um, the SRT eight or whatever it was, mm-hmm. um, that the the one with the V eight in engine, mm-hmm. it looked really nice, mm-hmm. like especially for nostalgic purposes and stuff. Oh like yeah, that. and then everybody kind of started getting them, and then and it just yeah, you know, people started getting a V six one, and it was just kind of like a yeah, whatever, like a um, like the Great Value yeah. Challenger, you yeah, know, and it just wasn't the same. Yeah, this is the signature signature <laughs> select. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. but um. 
What was I gonna say? But yeah, but as, as far as that, like, uh, yeah, men be men be the same way women be on here for t- uh, for attention, taking thirst traps. Like the male version of a thirst trap is these cars. Mm-hmm. You know, they be driving by the club with their music all loud and like hoping that women care about that. Yeah. Like yeah. I think that I think when men do that too, they be thinking they slick. They are no different than these women posting uh, uh booty pictures in the mirror when they do that. I definitely fell victim to it once. Um, one of my friends, he uh, he was drinking one night, and then he asked me to drive him home. But he had picked me up in his car, mm-hmm. and um, I took like I, you know, I had a I, at the time I had my Mustang, like the mm-hmm. Fox body, but it was mm-hmm. the the four cylinder that mm-hmm. you know didn't pick up really no speed the light was like <laughs> hanging down but as soon as i got my guys like uh challenger i was i picked this girl up like we didn't do too much we just went to like walmart or something like that but yeah uh, um just like basic but i was much more confident he was like <laughs> she's like lock, lock, lock. oh god no <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's a challenge for you <laughs> I don't see how dudes be getting roadhead. I don't understand how you could do that. Yeah. I dude, I would crash. Yeah, I've heard of people crashing. There's no way I could get head and drive. Are you serious? Yeah. Well, I don't know how men do it. Yeah. Especially if the if the young lady is very good at it. Going crazy. If she's going crazy on me and I'm trying to drive, I'm like, oh. (laughs) Oh man, that's funny. Yeah, what it what it what it a weekend the weekend ref or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, something heavy on the wheel when I come, wheel wheel when I come. <laughs> That's crazy. He be thinking about some dark shit the weekend. Yeah, like I just put some coke in my nose and this feels good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he be yeah he be saying some wild, especially with the drugs for sure. Yeah, I just snip some coke out her butthole. <laughs> she be loving me like I'm cocaine. <laughs> this nigga the weekend is crazy (laughs) so uh the weekend i I understand that you have some type of uh uh uh, cocaine addiction Uh, is is there any truth to that i mean like (laughs) i've been shooting up the charts and shooting drugs at the same time (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Heroin in my lungs, I can get it out of no king. <laughs> oh man, the weekend is so crazy. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, it's not a whole a whole lot else to cover on that. Um, yeah, just folks, when don't be don't be a toxic consumer. If you want something, want it because you want it. Yeah. Want it because you want it. And and here's here's the result of that before we move on. Is I bought a pair of shoes online. It's like they some fake knockoff Yeezys, right? And obviously I'm not spending all the money. I went on Amazon and bought a pair that kind of looked like Yeezys. I bought them. I wore them to the gym. Some dude was like, yo, I love your shoes, man. Mm-hmm. He wasn't being sarcastic either. He was like, hey, I like your shoes, dude. I like your shoes. I was like, oh, thank you, man. These some cheap knockoffs from Amazon. Mm-hmm. I didn't need to say all that shit. Yeah, why are you outing yourself? Oh, yeah, I didn't need to say all that shit. He liked it. He's like, oh, oh, okay, well, they're cool. Yeah, he's exposing yourself for but, no reason. But but that's the issue. Like, the yeah. issue is get something because you want it. It doesn't matter if it's fake. It doesn't yeah. matter what it is. Get it because you like it, bro. 
I don't hang around people that be like, you're wearing fake Yeezys, huh? I don't hang around motherfuckers like that. Yeah. You know? I don't have a problem wearing knockoff shoes. I still look decent in them. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. I have never been about to get some pussy and the girl's like, wait a minute. Those are fake Yeezys. I'm out of (laughs) here. I'm like, oh, man. Your Jordan symbol needs too fat on there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You have a Puerto Rican Jordan on your (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Your your Jordan say Juan on the back. (laughs) Jordan Wands. Jordan Wands. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, I got these from Mexico. They real, but like. That you know they just in Spanish on the back. <laughs> the, y'all did yeah, these the Air Force Ones right here. <laughs> these are Echo and Mexico. Is oh yeah, these the Air Force Ones right here. <laughs> it's the real deal. All right, switching gears. Um, video shows defendant attack Las Vegas judge during sentencing. All right, for those, there's been some viral shit going on this week. A lot of stuff, and one of the one of the things was this man was getting sentenced, and he fucking he broke away. Jumped over the the little where she slams the gavel, which is lifted above everything. That's pretty high, and he fucking downed her ass. Mm-hmm. And then he he got some licks in on her, and then uh, they finally stopped him. Yeah, he was grabbing her head and all. Kinds oh of stuff. man, he it, it, hey, he's gonna do some time, but he's gonna what's gonna give him satisfaction is the amount of licks he got on that judge. <laughs> all right, uh, shocking new video shows a man who was in the process of being sentenced in Las Vegas courtroom, launched himself over the judge's bench and attacked her. Clark County District uh, Court Judge Mary Kay Holtus uh, tried to take cover when uh, Deborah Redden yelled out expletives during the sentencing and ran at her. Video shows him flying over the bench and violently pulled her to the floor. Uh, Chaos then ensued, with at least three other men in the courtroom struggling to pull Redden away from the judge. One of them, who called to be a count... Uh, who could be a count clerk is captured repeatedly hitting a combative redden. Uh, he was hitting like a like a weenie. Uh, later, a <laughs> woman is heard saying, "Please God, please God, please Jesus," and the judge remains on the floor. You can scream for Jesus. That's what the judge was yelling. No, somebody else was. yelling. Oh, at. somebody in the in the court. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 um. <clears throat> it says a uh, redden thirty was uh at the hearing of. For a charge of attempt battery with substantial bodily harm when he attacked Holtis, according to the court. Well, it's not according to the court. It was on video. Okay. Yeah. Here's here's the deal. Here's the deal. I think it's inexcusable what he did to run up there full speed and assault that judge like that. That was wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he had some some priors of violence. Obviously, the bodily harm charge that I just mentioned. However, I will say this. To all the judges out there, let's make sure we're being professional. I think we've gotten used to seeing people like Judge Mathis talk about, sir, sir, are you smoking crack, sir? You look kind of cracky to me, sir. That sound real cracky, sir. Yeah, yeah. Are you smoking crack? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you might be smoking crack. <laughs> like We've gotten used to the entertainment element of judges, and because it's on TV, we think that this is how judges are supposed to be. Fuck no. That's unprofessional as a motherfucker. This is a this is the judicial system. You should not be up there fucking uh, freestyling it. That's just my opinion. You're dealing with people's <clears throat> lives. It, this is not McDonald's where you get to burn a batch of fries and make a new one. I think that is unprofessional as fuck. What some of these judges do, and they got to watch their mouths because at the end of the day, whether you respect the person you're sentencing or not, you should just be very blunt, direct, and do your job. Okay, 
Don't come in there with all this ego and slam your little fucking gavel and go drink mimosas after you've sent somebody to 50 years. It's real easy for you to run off and do that, right? This judge, what she said, this is what she said verbatim. She said, the dude said, I've been going to therapy. I've been working on myself. I haven't been violent lately, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I feel like I be, would be safe in society. He was just pleading his own case, right? Hmm. And then she says, like, I really want to believe you, but, like, with your, you know, with your prior incidents, you know, I think you're going to need a taste of something else. So with all that history, I just can't. And then he snapped. Yeah. Right? Some people say whatever she said wasn't that bad where he should have hit her, right? I agree with that point. However, I'm not giving her no fucking pass because you say, I think you need a taste of something else. Mm-hmm. Who the fuck are you to tell somebody you need a taste? Can you say this in, 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 in its proper term? Uh, we've determined or I've determined due to your priors that um, I don't think that you've done anything substantial enough for me to overturn it at this moment. Um, we're going to be sentencing you to this. What's so hard to do? I think you need a taste of something else. Who the fuck are you talking to? <laughs> Who are you talking to? There's a piece of me, right? There's a part, there's there's a huge part of me that said it is completely inexcusable to run up there and assault a judge that is also a woman. But there's also a side of me that judges need to see this shit. You need to see this and you need to watch your fucking mouth. Because you're dealing with people's lives here, man. This ain't no joke, dude. I think that I mean I, I don't I don't have that strong of opinion about like the what she said. Um I think it I think it was like slightly unprofessional. I don't know if it was just like if the the means justified the end. 100%. But I think that um I think that judges need to be more mindful that they're dealing with actual criminals. Uh yeah. <laughs> niggas on trial for battery and bodily yeah. harm and all this other stuff. And you you in here I, I will say that they're very lax in there. Like, you know, they, they I think that they believed, you know, because there's they sitting up a little higher and uh-huh. there's like a little bit of space in the room. Oh, uh, yeah. They in handcuffs a lot of times. And, and you got bailiffs that protect you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's, it's real easy to it's real easy to pop off and pop your shit. When yeah. you got bailiffs in there and you got people protecting you and you got distance and you got somebody in cuffs. It's real easy to talk like that. But how about as a judge? That you talk to that person as if it was just you and them in the room and you had no security. Because mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure you would be singing a different tune if you didn't have bailiffs and people that protected your motherfucking ass in there. Mm-hmm. You'd be watching your mouth. Mm-hmm. You also need to watch your mouth because you don't know who you're dealing with. Um, uh, Mr. Javier Manriquez, well, uh, you could do your little dance in prison because I'm going to sentence you. But what you don't know is Jose Manriquez has a family member that's a part of the Mexican mafia and they know where your kids go to school. They know where your grandma lives, where your mom lives. And you think that you're a judge and you could just slam your little gavel and have mimosas. But this dude's going to fuck your life up because you disrespected him. Mm-hmm. These criminals got more connections than you think. You just they just got arrested and got caught. Mm-hmm. If they didn't get caught, they would still be on the streets, obviously. Yeah. But what you don't also know is they might have connections and 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 they might have connections to the actual police department as well. They, dude, these are real things that have happened in life. Mm-hmm. There have been literal times where somebody put a hit out on a police officer's family and all kinds of shit. It's happened. Mm-hmm. You need to watch who you are talking to. That's crazy. And to and to your point, you said I don't think it justifies this, and it doesn't. I'm mm-hmm. not saying it does. 
All I'm saying is you do a very serious job. And being as you do a very serious job, when you show up to that job, you need to say, hey, today I'm going to be sentencing someone to 50 years, 20 years or 15 years or even three years is a lot. I'm going to be changing the landscape of someone's life. So I may not respect them or like them, but I'm going to be very blunt, direct, to the point, and I'm not freestyling shit. Mm-hmm. I'm going to send this person off. I'm going to process them and get them out. Because when I go to work, and I'm hauling gasoline, if I start freestyling, that means somebody dead. That means somebody going to explode. I know that I'm hauling hazardous material when I go to work. I know that as a truck driver, if I don't operate my vehicle right, that I'm operating a death machine. Mm-hmm. Okay? So if I know that as a driver, you need to understand as a judge that you can literally change someone's life within a snap of a finger. That's all it takes. Let's just be a little more professional, man, because we've gotten too used to, you know, watching shows like Cops in the 90s and the guys running away from the cops and we cheering on the cops. Like, get him, get him, get him. That's not normal. Mm-hmm. These motherfuckers are doing a job. They're not supposed to have an audience. Mm-hmm. We just televise it and turn into an audience. Mm-hmm. You, do we go to fucking Target and watch the guy stocking the shelves and be like, that's right. You can stock it faster, man. Come on. Mm-hmm. We don't do that. Yeah. So why the fuck are we doing it with these judges? These judges are acting this way because they know the camera is on them. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, man. I, I, I think I tend to think outside the box. And with mm-hmm. this, we could say there's no justifiable reason, which I agree with that. But two things could be true because these judges need to watch their fucking mouths. Yeah, 100%. I would say on the opposite end, though, um, I was telling you this before the pod, like sometimes you'll get these profound stories inside of like, you know, the judge speaking to um these criminals you know like uh i mentioned the one part the one uh judge that had went to school with um the guy the black dude that was that was in court and she remembered him from junior high or something like that and you know she had like a little bit of a moment and it was kind of like a a very reflective moment or even when the judge sentenced ted bundy or he they uh they got the guilty verdict and he was basically saying like you know you would have been a hell of a judge. I mean, a he- not uh, a hell of a lawyer. You know the way you defended yourself in, in this in this uh, in this case, and you did it all by yourself. Um, he said, "I would have loved to, you know, work with you in some capacity, um, but you know what you did was you know vile and mm-hmm. wicked and and all these other things, and, and for that reason, you know, you're going to spend X amount of time in in prison. So, or not even in prison. He was getting uh, he was getting a death penalty." But <clears throat> I think that, um, you know, you do every now and then get those moments and those moments come from, you know, the judges kind of speaking from their heart. Um, but I think in, a, in the in the instance where they're being a little bit um, like kind of demeaning and disrespectful and kind of like undermining, you know, these these people as, as, as humans, especially in that case where a person is kind of pleading their case, saying that they are doing doing work on themselves and stuff like that. Um, you got to be very, very mindful that you're talking to another human being. And, um, yeah, that's like, that's the result of that. So ain't too much, ain't too much else to say about it. But, yeah, be careful what you say, judges, because there's some, there's some niggas waiting to jump on a judge. Oh, 100%, man. See, the thing that's different, too, is these judges get paid a lot of money and, you know, they, they have protection at the court. But when they get out that courtroom and they take their drive home, 
they have no idea who's who's got who's got the drop on them. Mm-hmm. You have no idea, bro. Mm-hmm. You know, you get out that courtroom and you say, hey, I'm going to need a, a undercover police escort for about five miles. Mm-hmm. OK, cool. Do you think it's somebody that's not going, you know, drop the dime on them and say, hey, they're going to follow her for six miles. After that, you could go ahead and follow her home. Mm-hmm. Like, bro, if you bro, there was a time where I, I was uh, this is ooh, I can't remember. The, it was 2005. And um I had a Pontiac that wasn't, you know, properly registered to something my dad had, and I ended up getting it impounded. There was a cop that put me in the back seat of the car in the middle of the summertime with the windows up, and I was so fucking frustrated. And that at that time, I just start crying because I was so fucking mad. Mm-hmm. And uh, finally, they, he opened the door and he said, "Sign this, so I won't arrest you." And I was just like, "What? Like, what's? Go- I don't even know what's going on." So to make a long story short. I, I, my dad comes, he picks me up, whatever. But literally, bro, I swear to God, my right hand of God, probably a few weeks later, I went to the DMV to, you know, get, handle some paperwork. And I seen that cop in the DMV. Mm-hmm. Right? I seen him in the DMV as a pedestrian in regular clothes. Mm-hmm. In regular clothes. Don't you know and that if I had... Any malicious intent, I could have went out to my car, went back in there, and blew his motherfucking head off mm-hmm. with the way he treated me. But guess what? I'm not no crazy person, mm-hmm. right? As a regular person, I'm like, hey, that's that cop. He's a dickhead. Mm-hmm. And I just moved on, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But if I was a crazy person, you would be dead. Yeah. This is why you <clears throat> don't need to kiss no one's ass. You don't have to kiss anybody's ass. But respect is not negotiable. Mm-hmm. You don't negotiate respect. There are people that I don't like, and I still respect them. You respect you respect them just one because they're a human being, hundred percent. You respect them too because of, you know we've seen crazier things happen. We've seen the person that you right. cut off in traffic, and you flip them off or something, and they shoot up your car. 100%. We've seen the situation where you. Um, Rude to a uh, a customer in the drive through or something 100%. like that, and they come and run into the whole friggin' store. All yeah. the, you know, it's just just too many stories. Um, now let me let me say this. Let me say this. So I, let me let me revise that or rephrase that. I don't have to respect you to show you respect. Mm-hmm. I could think you a piece of shit. I could think you a thief, a liar, whatever. But I will show you respect. Mm-hmm. Just because that's how that's the cloth that I come from. So my thing is there is no excuse to do that. So if a person is disrespecting me out of nowhere, I have to get away from them because they don't have any excuse to ever come at me that way. Mm-hmm. There's some people that have done it, and I'm like, hey man, you know, is everything cool? And if they keep on doing it, I'm just I literally will create a wedge and a separation between me and that person so we don't ever have to go down that that line mm-hmm. because you already showed me you don't got no respect. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to keep giving you second and third chances because by the third time, I don't want us to be in no physical confrontation. Mm-hmm. I'd rather not have that happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, so, yeah. I don't know what you guys took from that. <laughs> but, uh, mind your mouth, man. Yeah, mind your mouth, man. Just just do it. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and check yourself, too. Meaning, if you feel like you've disrespected someone, and you like, yo, I'm getting out of character. I've 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 been disrespectful 
And I went right back, like concurrently. And I said, hey, it was no excuse for me to talk like that. I apologize. And the person was like, excuse me? And I was like, there was no reason for me to talk like that. So I apologize to you. Yeah. And they'll be like, whoa. And then after you do something like that, those people tend to look at you different. Like, like For sure, yeah. Eddie I, is different. I think that um, being able to say I'm sorry is like, it's a it's 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 not that easy i would say like just on a human level like for we, most people we um yeah we we tend to like we have a lot of pride you know we always want to be right in certain situations mm-hmm. but you know definitely apologizing i've done it you know i've had to swallow my pride and apologize pause <laughs> it's uh there's been a situation even like swallow well, your pride swallow <laughs> you ever been swallowed up by your pride <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, man. I'm sorry. Um, there's been a situation. I remember once where, um, you know, sometimes we 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 make jokes and like you know it just don't come out right. You know, you trying to make a lighthearted joke and it just sound the person receiving it like they they don't take it that well. Um, I was talking to my niece once and she was at my uh, at my mom's house. And she was like trying to have this like family dinner thing. And she was like, hey, you know, we want to invite you over. And, um, you know, um, I, I'm thinking about um, thinking about making some spaghetti. And I was like, man, you, you got to make something better than that if you want me to come over. And she just instantly was like sad. And I was like, oh, what I realized is like she's a kid. She's like seven years mm-hmm. old. So she only know how to make. I mean, really make, you know, she really just helping my mom, but Mm -hmm. she only know how to, you know, put together a few different meals. And basically I told her like, do better. Like you, you gotta. And, um, I immediately like called her and I just, you know, told her, sorry. That was wrong. Keith was so reductive. He's like, you don't know how to write no script. (laughs) 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 Who you think you is? (laughs) You can't direct no movie. (laughs) (laughs) You ain't Macaulay Culkin. (laughs) Yeah. You ain't on Macaulay Culkin level. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, but no, that's, that's, Keith is so crazy, bro. That's the situation. Oh man. Say sorry. 2024, say sorry. But don't don't no, don't say sorry, mean it when you say it. Yeah. Don't sure. ever say you sorry and you really not just to avoid an argument. Mm-hmm. If you got some points that you really need to make and you need to go over it from A to Z, do that. But don't ever apologize when you don't mean it. Yeah, and it, and don't say sorry also cuz there's a lot of people that just be apologizing just cause to apologize cuz it's part of like, you know, conversation like you know like mm-hmm. it's like you said gen- genuinely mean it um and if you if you really like you know really genuinely um um are sorry for certain things it should be it shouldn't happen that frequently 100 you know? percent. you shouldn't be apologizing every day the, the, i'm sorry babe i was she just got a big ass like i'm oh, sorry no. my dick was in <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that BBL was calling me. I'm sorry, babe. <laughs> the BBL was calling you crazy. <laughs> I think um I think the highest form of an apology is change behavior. Mm-hmm. So when you apologize for something and you genuinely meant that shit, mm-hmm. you should be considering that person before you keep doing the same dumb shit. Mm-hmm. That like that literally should be something you you take serious. Mm-hmm. You know, and and if you have to keep apologizing or having the same conversations, there is a problem there. Mm-hmm. That person genuinely does not give a fuck. They just apologize their way. They're used to apologizing their way out of things. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? 
Mm-hmm. It's almost like a girl that's like, you know, she cheating. She out there cheating. Like, he's just my friend. Like, we only hooked up like three times, but he's just my friend. Yeah. And like, I don't know why you're so insecure about it, but I'm sorry if you feel that way. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sorry if you feel that way because you're insecure that we had sex like three times. Mm-hmm. But he's always going to be my, my brother, you know? Yeah. You'd be like, oh, my God. Yeah. Ah, you can keep your apology, whore. apologize these nuts (laughs) yeah oh man yeah you never want to do that you never want to i'm sorry you feel that way i'm sorry oh that's not a real song yeah Yeah, that's not that's not real at all somebody said something i i remember i heard um it was one of my friends having an argument with his girl and it was uh uh Dang, I, it was like that though. It was like one of those. I'm mm, sorry, mm. I'm sorry, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> ah, dang, I, I wish I remember. But it was one of like some like I'm sorry you feel that way. I'm sorry, you know. I'm sorry you're like I don't know. I can't. I wish I remember. But, I'm yeah. sorry you're really insecure and you can't handle a real woman. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. You know, something like you that. gotta like. I think you have to realize when you're like weaponizing the mm-hmm. the, the sorry. Like you're yeah. you're weaponizing that statement of sorry. You're not even genuinely sorry. Yeah, the sorry has to like the sorry has to come from you taking ownership of what you did. You know, like I'm sorry that I did X, Y, and Z, or I'm sorry that. I made you feel like this, not like it's not like I'm sorry that you're right like a terrible person. Right. I'm sorry, flipping you get, it on you. Yeah, <clears throat> mm-hmm. I'm sorry you don't know how. I'm sorry you don't know how to a real man. I was just getting some head. <laughs> I don't know what the big deal is. <laughs> I wasn't cheating on you. There yeah. are some people there, bro. No, no bullshit. There are some men that believe it's not cheating if you getting head. <laughs> it's just head. I wasn't like having sex with it. We, it was just a little bit of head. I don't see what the problem is. I don't think that's cheating. That's crazy, bro. No, I'm just <laughs> a girl putting her whole fucking esophagus. You getting some head is definitely cheating. Yeah, a girl putting her whole fucking esophagus you on your cock. That's yeah. fucking cheating. You don't even got to go that far to cheat, in my opinion. But definitely getting some head is cheating. Cheating to me is is is. I think sometimes the highest level of cheating is non-sexual. Mm-hmm. The highest level of cheating is telling secrets and saying things you shouldn't be saying behind your partner's back. Yeah, you like, know how, you like know how many women, bro. So you know how many women have micro cheated with me, even girls that I didn't have like have sex with at the time. Mm-hmm. They would just say some things like, "I've literally had a girl tell me," and I'm just like, "Oh my god, I can't believe she said that." Mm-hmm. Like it'll it'll be like, um, "Yeah, like you're pretty tall." It's like my boyfriend is so short. Yeah, bro, that's cheating. Why would you can't why put would, down your boyfriend? Yeah, why would you be reductive of your man because he's like five seven, five eight, and I'm six two? Mm-hmm. Like. That doesn't even make any sense. So what do you want me to say? Like, yeah, your boyfriend, yeah, he a short bitch. <laughs> what the fuck do you want me to say to that? Yeah. I don't have any respect for that. Mm-hmm. If he only knew the things you were saying, and 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 the thing about it too, it could be it could even be a dude. This is probably the man's version of it. They'd be like, Yeah, you be making some good food. You be cooking. Man, my girl don't never cook me no food, man. She'll never yeah. she'll never cook me no food like that. Yeah. A man could just be getting meals from a woman, and that's cheating. Yeah. Yeah. It's cheating because what's gonna happen is she gonna make you some, you know, she gonna make you some, you know, some crispy potatoes, you know, with you know some chicken breasts and some asparagus on the side, and then the next day it's gonna be mashed potatoes, and 
It's gonna be like some fried fish, and then the next time it's gonna be some wet pussy and some, Dang. And, and some Hennessy, and um, yeah. you know maybe some some uh, some vodka, you know cranberry and vodka or something like that. Mm-hmm. Some Shay, what's Shay, what's Shannon Sharp's alcohol? I name? forgot what it's called. Yeah, but that that it always starts out micro cheating. So yeah. for all you guys, ladies and gentlemen, listening to this podcast. Don't ever say anything outside of who you're dealing with. Don't say nothing. Just keep yeah, it you to don't yourself. want you don't want to be like. If you do have to vent, vent to your friends. Don't be venting to don't be venting to the opposite sex or somebody that you just casually work with. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say a therapist. But if, if the thing about it too is you can't you can't always vent to friends, especially if you, you if you got a, a friend group that's not as mature as they should be. Yeah. I think when you talk to your friends, if you're not very mature, it's gonna cause problems in your relationship because you're gonna be telling them shit that's way too much information. Mm-hmm. I think if you do have good friends. Your friends are trying to help you gain perspective instead of uh, just, you know, telling all the goddamn business and things like that. Yeah, it's a, it could turn into like real gossipy. Yeah. But I, I think, you know, if you got real genuine friends, they're going to look out for your best interest. Right. And then they also is not they, they, I would also say they also not going to um, just agree with you for the sake of like, you know, agreeing with you. I think a lot of people have, uh, you know, um, they have validators and not real like genuine relationships you know a a genuine relationship might tell you what you're doing wrong like hey bro like like you you mentioned before you told certain people like hey don't talk to your wife like that or don't you know don't talk to your girlfriend like that or that was like i hear where you're coming from but that was wrong or you you should apologize you know just Mm -hmm. that's like i think that that's what you know a genuine uh friendship should look like so yeah Micro cheat, the micro cheating is definitely rampant, and I think the the with the micro cheating it happens in certain spaces. Yeah. Like it happens a lot where, um, <clears throat> like, where dudes that's real real talkative, like mm-hmm. they if they go to the gym by themselves, you know, especially certain gyms, you know, where it's it's a little bit more space and opportunity to to chop it up. That's definitely a place. Some of these like some of these places where. Um, like call centers and you know stuff like that, or like Walmart's places like Walmart where oh, you stocking the worst. Yeah, like a Winco or a Walmart overnight where you stocking up um, different things, and mm-hmm. you know there's one or two cashiers in there that look cool, mm-hmm. and then you, you know you just in there chopping it up. That's definitely definitely a. Place. It was a dude that told a story on TikTok about that where um, it was a girl that had a boyfriend, but they worked at a Sam's Club, mm-hmm. and uh, he talked about how like him and the girl like they they went out on lunch one day to smoke with each other in the parking lot, mm-hmm. um, and they did that like a couple times. Like during their lunch break, they go smoke in there, and then they go back to work. Mm-hmm. And he said one day they just started having sex, and then they started having sex almost every day in the parking lot. Have you ever seen like? Um um, you know, in The Last of Us, when yes. like the the episode with the gay couple, yeah, 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 you know how like they just you know when he playing the piano and then all of a sudden they just start kissing. Is that like you think that that's how it happens? Yeah, I think that's how it happens, especially mm-hmm. when people are like inebriated or high. It yeah. becomes a very it's a it becomes a very seamless excuse to yeah. you know to you know to do that because I feel like. A girl or just people that are high, their inhibitions are already lowered. They like, oh, I'm high as fuck. Oh, my cock's out. Suck it. Yeah. And then it's already like, <laughs> it's already a, some sexual tension. So yeah. they probably already in there like, 
thing, man. Like, it, you wouldn't be crazy if we was just like in here having sex. <laughs> That'd be crazy. Uh, like, if you just started giving me head right now. I know, right? My <laughs> mouth is so wet already. <laughs> I'm I, drinking this soda. I got cotton mouth from this blood, but like, it would get wet really fast. <sighs> Take this soft drink real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Niggas do be trying to like cool play it cool <laughs> when they high, when they flirting and trying to be high at the same time. It's That's like, you talking. I bet you would suck it though. <laughs> I bet you I would. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> this is the craziest head I ever got in my life. Shout out to Sab's Club. Shout out to Sab Walton. <laughs> 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 Uh, he's like I was stocking them shelves now I'm stocking them guts oh that was crazy hey yo have you, have you ever heard like the Walmart like supervisors on the on the loudspeaker they be wilding out sometimes nah I never heard of crazy they be like Margaret back to your station Margaret back to your station <laughs> oh dang yeah like Devin, please report to the front. Your your lunch break is over. Devin, report to the front. Your lunch break is over. I'm like, damn. Now I, I will say, when I was a kid, though, I I hated going to the like the store with my mom because she like she a real shopper. Like she gonna look through all the clearances. Mm-hmm. You know, she gonna. This is before like Walmart had groceries, but she would oh, just yeah. be in there like looking at the toys and she wouldn't really look at the toys. It'd be mostly like clothes and like house stuff and like, you know, go through the house, um, like the, um, the appliances and all these different things, just hidden, hidden all the aisles. And at a certain point in the store, I would just break off and go to the PlayStation and I would be playing, you know, they had like the yes, little, they did, the monitor, yeah, the, game, the little demo oh, version. Beautiful yeah. Times, man. Yeah. So I would be in there just playing it. Or if I, if I wasn't playing it, I was waiting for the dude that was playing it to get off. Keith, your mom is at the front exactly. of the store. And they would be like, Keith, can you please report to the front of the store? Keith, can you please report to the front of the store? And I'd be like, cool. Like we both could have a good time if you just let me play the game and then you could go shopping. And there was some good times, good. man. People forget those moments when, when, when Walmart had a, a gaming consoles available for customers and you know i would be up in there playing the game because you know when you grow up poor Mm -hmm. nigga you ain't get your parents gonna be paying for them games sometimes so yeah i'll be i remember back i remember back in the day when nba jam was out Mm -hmm. and we used to go to uh blockbuster Mm -hmm. blockbuster video and they had like uh a demo game and back then they used to let you rent the consoles yeah, you was telling me that. Yeah, I never rented they, a console. Yeah, you used yeah. to be able to rent the consoles over mm-hmm. there, and uh, it came in a big black box. Yeah. A big old black box to where you couldn't take it out the box. They had it, like, locked up mm-hmm. to where you couldn't take the Super Nintendo out the box, and you would rent it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and you had to bring it back, obviously. But, mm-hmm. yeah, that was some good times, man. That's good, dope, man. Some good times, man. Let's yeah. go ahead and wrap this thing up soon. All right. All right. Let's do this last, last topic. Have a little brief convo on this and get the fuck out of here. Amen. All right. Uh, switching gears. Mark Zuckerberg is reportedly building an underground bunker in Hawaii. So, yeah. So, this is another billionaire person that's afraid to uh, die because of, uh, you know, maybe he knows something about the robots. Um, Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> is reportedly building an underground bunker in Hawaii. Uh, 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 Meta CEO Zuckerberg and his wife, Priscilla Chan, uh, co-founder and CEO of the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative, plan to build a 5,000-square-foot underground shelter on their Hawaii ranch 
uh, with its own energy and food supplies, according to um, Wired Investigation public uh, published earlier this month. The plan is that the shelter's door will be made of metal and filled with concrete, common in bunkers and bomb shelters. The news outlet reported in its extensive article citing planning documents and interviews. The bunker, the bunker-like construction, is just one part of the sprawling 1,400-acre compound named Kualu Ranch um, on the island of Kauai. Uh, planning documents obtained by Wired Show is partially completed. Uh, c- compound is set to include more than a dozen buildings with at least 30 bedrooms um, and 30 bedrooms, including two standalone mansions. There are also plans for 11 tree houses, as well as fitness center, guest house and operation building. It is definitely sounds like, uh, you know, um, th- maybe there may be some nuclear bomb involved where mm-hmm. everything blows up and they blow us up. And the only people that are still alive are rich people. Um, and the rich people are going to be fucking Zuckerberg's going to be underneath the earth. Like, yeah, I have some new ideas for Meta, and um, I wanted to get your idea on that. Mark, everyone's dead. Um, I know, but we, we we can do some things with AI that would kind of um, you know, kind of would captivate those that are still alive. Everyone's melted. <laughs> everyone's <laughs> melted. Uh, uh, Mark, everyone died. <laughs> so yeah, I, I just feel like Mark. Mark might know something and if he does it's fine. I'm not worried. At the end of the day, I can't I can't get scared over something I can't control. There are people freaking out like, "What does Mark know? What does he know? When is they going to drop the bombs on us? Who gives a fuck? If we got blown up, we probably deserved it. I don't know." Mm-hmm. Who knows? I'm not I'm not in control of that. Mm-hmm. There's some motherfucker pressing the button somewhere. I'm not the button pusher. Mm-hmm. So, hey, at least, if as long as we get to get another podcast out, I'm not even stripping. <laughs> we'll be doing a live podcast. Yo, the bombs coming, yo. We can see them in the sky. Yeah. Hey, man. For all those who've been listening to the podcast, man, we appreciate. It. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening. Or drink of mine. <laughs> yeah. As long as Instagram still working, they got to get rid of Threads though. Yeah, that Threads got to go. It's trash. Threads terrible. Threads is just a fucking of uh, 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 just thirst traps on there. I don't know what happened. Mm-hmm. It got spammed out so bad that. It's just like under every other picture, it's just some somebody with their ass out. It's weird. Yeah, yeah. it's weird. <clears throat> I don't know what's going on with it. I don't follow any of that stuff too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's real. Yeah, but yeah, I think I think when you when you got a lot of money, you just got to find ways to spend it. And I yeah. think that um, I think wealthy people are probably like very anxious as well. So. You know, they're always preparing for the worst. Like, man, what if this happens? Or what if this happens? I got to be prepared for this. And I think that this is just him kind of, you know, preparing for the worst. Like, it's the same thing with, like, it's people, uh, you know, it's people now that have these, um, what do you call it? Like, uh, uh, like apocalypse kits or something like that, where they got canned foods and stuff that they that they have stored up. The one thing I was thinking about, um, was I was thinking about this um the other day, because we went grocery shopping, and um, if you do have that like emergency apocalypse kit where all the lights go out and you can't, you know, you you need like a flashlight and batteries and all this other stuff. That stuff does not last. Mm-mm. The batteries are going to start to get real acidic. Like if even if you just have batteries sitting around, sometimes they'll get like real. Real acidic. I've opened up like fresh batteries that I've never used before, and seen like the acid build up on the yep, end of them. Yep, yep. Um, when it comes to canned food, 
you know, they they last for a very long time. But you're still going to have to continually swap those things out because if you have it in there for more than like a couple years, then the the food is going to expire. So it's not really a version of that whole like apocalypse thing where that really works. You know, it, it just it's just uh it, sa- it sounds good, though. Like, man, I got food stocked up for six months and all this other got stuff. Got so much nacho cheese in here, man. <laughs> got enough nacho cheese to last us for... The- I remember it was an episode of Dave Chappelle and uh, uh, fucking uh, Ashley Larry or what's his, what's his real name? Uh, Donnell Rollins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Donnell Rollins was in the back of this big-ass supply truck, and he's like, we got enough cigarettes to last us for the, la- the rest of our lives. Yeah, yeah. When they say won the lottery. Mm-hmm. That was hilarious, man. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, it is what it is. We've got bunkers all over Bakersfield, though. Like mm-hmm. a bunch of bomb. There was a threat of a nuclear bomb th- a long time ago, many years ago. Mm-hmm. And I think we were living in fear for so long that we just broke out of it. The same way we did with like you know COVID and shit. Uh, Bakersfield High School has a huge bomb shelter underneath it. You know, it's ironic. Mm-hmm. Oppenheimer just swept the Golden Globes. Yeah. So, hey, I don't know. I don't know if that if there's any connective connective dots there but you know i think that we I, th- I don't think any person in the world should have that much power any any we should not have nuclear weapons man at all mm-hmm. and i think that we have so many people who are threats like or they, they can't think for themselves that are so scared that they they're just like oh my god what are we gonna do what are we gonna do and it's like man look here Whoever, like I don't, I don't even. There's nothing we could do. Those things. Once they let off one, we're all fucked. I believe. I think Kanye West says a lot of crazy stuff, and <laughs> he said a lot of wild stuff over his mm-hmm. his lifetime. But I think one of the most profound things that he ever said was, "No one man should have all that power." Yep. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Huh. Hey. 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 Y'all. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, shout yeah, out to man. Kanye West. Shout out to Kanye, man. Mm-hmm. That was, Kanye, Kanye Instagram is crazy. I was just, I, I don't know, if, I don't think I follow him. He just be posing his wife and her big titties just be hanging everywhere. Really? Yeah. No. This is just all he be doing. He'd be like, happy birthday, babe. I love you. Just big titties hanging everywhere. Oh, my God. Come on, Kanye. No <laughs> way. Is it, what's his name, Ye? I think so. I wonder if Kanye blocked me. <laughs> oh, I see it. What the fuck is going on here? She got like a bodysuit on or something, mm-hmm. and it's covered up. And it's people that I know liking it. I'm, why, I'm not, why are you liking that? Yeah, what is there to like about that? He got her out here naked. He out here looking like a like a fucking super villain. <laughs> he looks like a ninja. She looks uncomfortable and naked, like with like pants on that are like aren't really pants. Yeah, and the material looks kind of cheap. This, like, who is this? Caption this. Is that his wife again? It is. There's her titties out. You wasn't lying. <laughs> What the fuck is he doing? I think you know what? I think he's just finding like Kim Kim's doppelganger almost. She looks yeah. very Kim adjacent. Yeah. Yeah, he just keep posting her with her titties out. What the fuck is going on? Yeah, that's what kind of USB on, man. Oh man. And all his pictures is just his wife's tits. What the fuck is he doing? <laughs> and what is his what is his profile picture? Who is that? Some black kid? Um, let me see. Okay. Yeah, it's just a little face in there, huh? Yeah, it's who weird. Is that? Let me see. I don't know who the fuck that is. <clears throat> it looked like his mom. 
I don't know who it is. All I know is he's being seriously shadow banned because for 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 Yeezy to only have eighteen point six million followers is insane. Like Kanye, with the influence he has, he should be nowhere less than eighty million. Yeah, he should have a what? Yeah, he's bigger. being seriously shadow banned by Instagram. They don't. They want to shrink his influence. He's selling these shoes on here. They look fucking terrible. Yeezy Pods, two hundred dollars delivery within four weeks. These look, and I know he's probably sold out too. No, I don't think he's being shadow banned. Yeah, he is. Because Donald Trump got twenty three point six, and Donald Trump's being shadow banned too. That's a lot of followers, bro. It is a lot, but dude, you got to think about like if Trump really with Trump, I could see Trump's numbers seems a little more realistic. But I feel like Kanye has more influence than Trump. So Kanye definitely has be like super. They got super social media followings. Let me see. Added three items. I'm trying to order some. Uh, see what it's like to some order Yeezys. Yeezys. Yeah. <laughs> but they're Yeezy pods. They're just these flat black shoes for $200, bro. They look fucking terrible. Well, I, I think we've uh, ran out of things to talk about. Yeah, we, don't we, just, to, we don't have to keep boring you guys. And, and, we're and just keep, on social medias now. Yeah, we're just on socials now. And apparent, and unfortunately, just the topic is Kanye's tits. And I, and we got we to gotta get out of here. Mm-hmm. That's not helping anyone, okay? <laughs> um, look here, man. We appreciate you guys. If you have made it to the end of this episode, we appreciate you. Thank you for listening to a Trucker's Mind podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, K-Fing. We are out of here. Peace.